Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of CSBMA Now. Today, I am joined by another member of the executive directors of CSBMA, and that is Kalina Fowler. So Kalina, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, your school district, your school? Yeah, um, my name is Kalina Fowler. I'm currently a senior at College Park High School, which is located in Pleasanton, California. It's kind of like 30 minutes from San Francisco, so I live in the East Bay area. I represent about um, 30,000 students in my district, um, and we're a variety of cities. So your school district is a unified school district, right? Yes. So about how many high schools are in your district? Um, five high schools are in my district. So you, there's only one student board member too? Yes, there's only one. So how does that feel for you to have to represent, you know, not only five high schools, but also the other students? It's definitely a lot, especially because the position is fairly new. In my district, I'm only the second student board member. And there was one last year who created the position and everything. But it was a lot of work in the beginning. But luckily, I have my student advisory committee, which is basically a bunch of students made up of the student site council of their individual school sites. So it's have, having them is really just beneficial because I get their perspective from their individual school. So for you, what do you do as a student board member? Do you give presentations at board meetings? What are you doing to even like engage or talk to students? Yeah, so in my district for board meetings, I have preferential voting. So I vote first whenever that we're passing a policy or something on the consent agenda. I'm at every board meeting. I sit on the dais with all the other board members. I vote first as well. I'm not sure if I already said that, <laughs> but I vote first as well. And my vote necessarily doesn't count in the end, but it does influence the vote of other board members. And regarding engaging with students, I send out student surveys. And I also have the student advisory committee where I'm on a daily contact with students of basically all school sites and at least for high schools that give their perspective on what needs changing in the district. Oh, this is random, but in regards to sitting on the dais, where do you sit? I sit on the end, but like, it's the same table. I sit on the end right next to another board member. Yeah, I mean, like, I just asked this because I have noticed that most student board members sit at the end. Some of them even sit at like a separate table at the end. And for me personally, I sit in the middle. <laughs> I sit right next to the president and then the vice president's on the other side of the president. And I think that it's nice because since I sit next to the president and, you know, like they're kind of like facilitating the whole meeting whenever I have a question or something, I can just be like, hey, hello. No, I am definitely very engaged. It's sometimes my board meetings go on for from they start at six. Sometimes they go on to like 1130 because my district is really crazy right now with um, this, the teachers might go on strike because of their um, pay rate. So it's been really crazy at board meetings. I have a whole entire board report that I share out as well. And then whenever we're doing public comment, I always take notes too. So I'm really engaged in everything. I think there's kind of the same vibe in my district too. Um, do you always stay till the end of your board meetings though? Yeah. For me, so my board meetings, I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd say they're crazy, but given the size of my district, we're around like 60,000 students, 
we get a lot of public comment like at every single meeting so there are definitely meetings that will go until like 1 a.m 1 30 and as much as i would like to stay sometimes board meetings are like during finals week and so i usually clock out either at 12 or during finals week like 10 30 11 ish and i don't think there's anything wrong with that i think student board members student first you know, you have to prioritize your studies and you shouldn't be afraid to leave. Um, but it's definitely hard because board meetings always last so long in every single district. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, I kind of disagree with you on that. I think like the fact that um, we kind of, they kind of have the gist of we leave early. I think that kind of delegitimizes like our role a little bit. I know at least in CSPMA, we talk about that and how, if a board member says like oh go home like it's like like you should go home like you have homework well that is true but I'm also like a board member so I should be here in my vote actually in the end like it necessarily doesn't matter but I think it it's very influential because at the end of the day we're always affecting our students so I think that um yeah I think that kind of legitimizes delegitimizes our position just a little bit yeah, I totally get that. And I will say that when I leave early or when anyone leaves early, it should be your choice. You know, there have been times where I wanted to stay late and board members just keep being like, no, you have to go home. And I'm like, you guys are all adults with full-time jobs and you stay late because you know you can handle it. And if you think that you can handle yourself, then you should have the power to choose whether you leave or go. So, you know, don't let someone else tell you to go home. But also, if you know you need to because you have XXX responsibility, then power to you. It's just, I think that position of being a board member is just, you make your own choices, not the adults on your board. Yeah, I get that, definitely. Yeah, so, but Kleena, besides being a student board member, you also have a role as a director within CSBMA. So can you talk more about that? You know, what your responsibilities are there? Yeah. Um, so I am the director of partnerships of CSBMA and basically what I do is I'm the conduit for each partner organization we work with and the main one we've been working with this year is the getting the National Student Board Member Association up and running. So I've been the head of that committee along with one of the other CSBMA um, partners and in that role I have met with various student board members from just around the United States, most on the East Coast. We've so far, our leadership committee within that organization is Maryland, uh, Oregon, California, and Pennsylvania. So those are like our main people that we meet with um, to basically make meetings and get the National Student Board Member Association up and running. And to do that, we, it was, a whole bunch of work. It was this whole entire process. So first, um, the Maryland student board member reached out to us to CSBMA, and that's when we got this idea that, oh, maybe we should create a national student board member association because it would be insanely beneficial, just like CSBMA. Um, and so we met with the Maryland student board member and we kind of got that going. You know, we were just talking, it was very casual. And then we um, proposed this idea to him and he was definitely on board with it. So 
from that starting point, we've grown to about 60 members in the National Student Board Member Association all across from all across the United States. Here, I'm just going to take a look to make sure I'm giving you the right number. We have an individual slot channel as well. We do. And so first of all, if you're a listener and you're in CSBMA, but you're not in national, reach out and join because it is open to everyone. And I will say, I know for a fact that not every CSBMA member is a part of NSBMA. And I feel like the national gives you a lot of perspective because, you know, like in Maryland, a lot of them are allowed to have full voting rights. That's yeah. super crazy. And you learn a lot just from hearing about other people's experiences. And it's definitely kind of different, especially on the East Coast compared to West Coast. Yeah, we have about 66 members, it says in our Slack group chat. And our group chat's pretty active as well. So that's, if you have a question, there's 66 people who can help you. And yeah, you definitely get different perspectives of all over because I know in Tennessee, we have a student board member with a full voting right. But in California, no one has full voting rights. So it's really different to see like the perks of what each student board member gets from each state. I know for a fact, I talked to a student board member in North Carolina and she gets paid to be a student board member. Oh, wow. Is yeah. it like like a stipend type of thing? Or? Yes, yes, that's the word she used. I didn't know what word she used because we, we don't get paid in California. But I know in Oregon, like... Um, he, the student board member in Oregon, he gets paid and he gets like a $7,000 scholarship as well, college. He gets um, a laptop, his like own hotspot. Like oh he gets All I get is a little pin. <laughs> I don't even get a pin. <laughs> <laughs> just get a I little like, pin. Yeah, because, okay, first of all, in my experience, recently, no hate to my other board members, but they all got brand new laptops and I still have to use my Bootsy little school-issued Chromebook, which is, mm. but yes, I also think part of it is that you just have to ask for the benefits sometimes because I think there's like one or two student board members in California that get their mileage reimbursed for yeah. the things that they use to go on school trips, like to go to school site visits or board meetings. I don't get that. I did recently reach out and ask about it, but I think it's hard to ask out. So like ask for it because you want to seem like, you know, you're a public servant. I'm so dedicated to this role. I'm here for the people. I'm not here for the pay, but also gas is expensive. Look at the prices. Be willing to, you know, get your full benefits worth. No, yeah, I would definitely... Um ask for my mileage to be reimbursed but right now in my district with all like the teachers pay and stuff if <laughs> I feel like if I were to get paid for my mileage teachers would just be pissed they would be like you have enough money to reimburse your student board member but not to raise my pay I don't know I feel like they would get mad at me so I haven't brought it up I feel like that too because in my district I will say the teachers get paid like obviously teachers are as a whole underpaid, but within my district, the teachers get the highest pay out of like the whole region. So the teachers usually aren't mad, but we've been having a lot of issues labor-wise with our bus drivers, our paraeducators. And even though it's only like 58 cents a gallon or a mile or something, I still feel 
kind of like iffy asking for it because obviously as a student board member you are already in like a place of privilege you are able to get your voice out there and it can feel hard but also advocate for yourself because you're not just advocating for yourself you know if you set this precedent all the future student board members get this perk as well yeah that's definitely a good point so um with the national student board member association what are you hoping kind of comes from this you know organization i hope that at least well for csbma i originally joined because of the my former student board member she introduced me to the organization and i would say without csbma i wouldn't be as good as a student board member i am like within CSBMA, we've done uh, various workshops and one including the LCAP, which was extremely beneficial because at least in my district, I don't get any LCAP training. Like I don't learn, like being in a, being a student board member, it's like learning a new language. And the other student board member did train me, but she was also way more familiar with being on the board than I was. So there was definitely spots when I got to the board meetings, I was really confused on. So CSVMA has helped me to basically fill those gaps in what I didn't have the knowledge on previously. And I hope in the National Student Board Member Association that we can answer those hard questions and um, use our knowledge and basically give that to everyone so they can be the best student board member in their district. And that's only just one example of how CSVMA has helped me. It's also um, it's amazing to be in a group where people are as like-minded as you, especially because mm-hmm. there's only one student board member in my district. No one really understands what I go through and like all these questions. I feel like I have to go through an adult to ask instead of a student. So I only get their perspective. So having this group of like-minded student board members who are very influential and are very into activism really helps me to be the best I could be whether it's connecting with students or learning about the LCAP. Yeah, I like agree so much. I honestly think that for me as a student board member, I didn't really start to like improve or really just like start to feel like a drive for what I wanted to do until I started getting involved in the organization. And like, especially for me, I am the first student board member in my school district. So there's like no one to reach out to. Yeah. Um, It really helps because some of these people like Henry Mills, like Zachary Patterson, they were already aware of the position. They've been in it for multiple years. They have so much more just like experience to draw back on. And so when they explain things to you, I think it gives a very different but helpful perspective compared to an adult, because as much as the adults in your district are probably rooting for you, they have that perspective where still they kind of just see it as like adult board members and you're just there. And so I feel like sometimes they're always kind of pushing off your ideas or they're just not really there to help you create like the kind of like very real and sometimes someone would call it radical change. And I don't know, like I think student board members, like I would have never known that I could ask to get my gas mileage reimbursed or I didn't even know about student advisory committees. It doesn't exist in my district. So I am now working on establishing that. And it's very, like, it's like a priceless type of training. Like I went to CSBA student board member training, to be honest, not that useful. No, hey, Mm -hmm. it just, it explains the basics to you. Like, again, like, you know, they're just like, make sure to talk to students. 
Make yeah, sure like, don't be rude to other board members. Yeah, the conference didn't like help me with one thing I didn't know, except for like networking. That was like the only thing it was useful for. I mean, I loved it because I got to meet <laughs> other board members, but re- regarding the presentation, it's not like I didn't know that. So yeah, I went to the conference as well. And I also went to that like separate CSBA, um, like they have like these virtual training sessions that they host and both of them are kind of the same thing. And I'm still very grateful that my district shout out like however many hundreds of dollars for me to go. But the main thing that I got from it was just meeting other student board members, like the actual presentations, very like elementary level, you know? <laughs> I feel like they're... I'm very dismissive of what we're capable of understanding. And like, we could definitely see it, you know, like when people were bringing up the idea of like, what if we had a full vote? They were just like, okay, anyways, let's go. Give me the mic. Yeah, they were very dismissive. They were like, well, no. Yeah, and like that's the thing because like when it comes to student discipline, like, at where we are in our position right now, where we don't get to know about that type of stuff. Um, there have been times in my district where, you know, there's like an ongoing case of like student discipline that parents felt was unfair. And I feel so bad because that is a student. I care about students. I'm there to represent students, but also I have no say in the matter of, you know, administrator or student punishment. Like I'm not allowed to know about it. I'm not allowed to give my opinion on it. And so all I can really do is sit there quietly because I can't even respond and say, I'm so sorry. Yeah. And it's just, it really, it's very hard and it weighs on you, I think, whether you are a preferential or full voting member, like inevitably people are going to be unhappy and there are going to be people who are really struggling because they aren't getting enough pay to make their ends meet or because, you know, administrators and teachers are acting poorly. And it's very hard to carry that when you are also still a student and you're like 16, 17. Yeah, it's like we're a politician at the same time as being a student. It's definitely so much like pressure and work that no one like no one else gets except yeah. for CMA and like the national student program where like no one else will understand. Like if I'm talking with my friends, like I don't even bother talking to them about what's really going on in the district because it's not like they'll like understand. <laughs> Yeah. Like, oh, that sucks. Mm-hmm. I, I can't even like talk to like teachers about it because like no one understands except the other board members. But then when you talk to a board member, it's like you're talking to a politician sometimes more than you're talking to a friend. And like even like I have like district staff who works with me a lot, but then I feel like I can't talk to them because also I'm like, if I say something a little iffy and they you know, that gets out, then I'm going to get a ton of heat from the other board members or my superintendent. And so I think that CSBMA provides you like people to talk to where you don't have to worry about all of the politics within your own district. And that's why it's so helpful because it does feel really isolating when you can't talk to your friends because your friends are like, oh, wow, the labor unions are mad. That's so crazy. You know, I happen to meet third period. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it's like, mm. Definitely. I think national also gives us a great platform for our own agenda within CSBMA because 
you know, in California, we are pushing to get student board members a full vote. And we have seen an example in the state of Maryland where students have that ability. And, you know, it's working out fine. But then nationally, if we build that platform even more, that might be great because, I don't know, like, theoretically, if the federal Congress passed a bill allowing it, then we wouldn't have to do a workaround of getting every state legislature to approve it. So. No, yeah, I definitely think um, we can do it. It may take, I think, some time, but I definitely think we're on the track to getting a full vote. And I know everyone in it is very passionate about just being a student board member and advocating. So I think that definitely helps as well. And having that example and that perspective, I believe Tennessee is a full vote and then Maryland has a full vote too, I think. So they're just, it's a great example and kind of like a template we can follow to make sure that we get a full vote as well. Yeah, and I think that is great because obviously it's a big deal. And I also think that now having talked about the National Student Board Member Association, this is a good time for us to take a break. And then when we come back, we're gonna talk more about what issues Kalina feels California students and California student board members are dealing with right now. So we will see you guys in a sec. Welcome back. So Kalina and I are now here to talk about some current, I guess, pressing issues that student board members deal with. And as a quick overview, we are going to talk about the issue of delegitimization. And you can kind of already see it because we are called student board members, not board members. And then Kalina is just going to take it all in or explain it all for us. And so Kalina, you have the floor. Yeah, yeah so delegitimization is something that all student board members face all across the all across the United States. And especially I feel like in my district, since I'm only the second student board member, I've definitely had a little bit of, oh, you're a student, like, oh, you should go home early. It's definitely getting late here. So some examples of delegitimization is basically not getting the information that a normal student board member or a normal board member would get in general. As Jamie was saying before, we already have the word student in front of us. So it's it's like, oh yeah, I'm a student, but I'm also a board member. And I feel like that's not taken into account as much as the word student is. And so in my district, I didn't get, I believe the proper training as a normal board member would get regarding like negotiations, labor unions, bonds. I didn't get any of that from the district. I did get training from the former student board member, which was immensely helpful but it wasn't all the information I needed to know to succeed in my position. And I feel like that is definitely, you're already kind of below the totem pole as a student, not having that knowledge that the other board members have is definitely taking a toll on the success and the understanding and the knowledge I can be presenting at the meetings because I don't have that previous information that I should have gotten. So that's another example of delegitimization that student board members face everywhere. And I will say, like, if you were to bring up, like, oh, I want to learn more about labor negotiations to, like, your superintendent, and they say, well, your preferential vote and you're a student board member, you don't even get to participate in it. Well, it, there's still nothing wrong with you wanting to know about it, because that is a big portion of, you know, the inner workings of our district. So, yeah, I can accept that 
by the guidelines of the law, I cannot vote, I cannot listen to the negotiations, but what is there stopping you from just educating me on what's going on so that when you guys talk about it, I'm not just sitting there twiddling my thumbs. No, yeah, definitely. I know for a fact in my district right now, the negotiations with the labor unions are really topic because our teachers may be going on strike because of the pay that they're receiving. Um, so it's definitely something I needed to learn in the beginning of the year with my district to just know what's basically going on. And I feel like I don't have enough knowledge to know why this is really happening in detail. Obviously, I know like, oh, they're not getting paid enough, but in detail, like I don't know the logistics or I don't know all of the numbers. So it's a little frustrating when I'm there and I'm like, I really don't know what's going on because I'm not a part of closed session. I'm not a part of uh, teachers negotiations or not even the basic information. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I feel like um, I'm not given the tools that other board members are given to be successful in their position regarding negotiations and bonds and just other board policies I should have been more familiar with. And this is even going for like the where where is all the money going? I feel like I should have got training at the beginning. Look, this is what our budget is. This is where all the money is going. And that goes to some parts of the students at the end of the day. A lot of it is going to what students need. And I feel like I don't know where the money is going. So how how do I know if, if we have enough money for books? How, how do I know that I can make these changes if at the end of the day, we don't have enough money for it? So I feel like that's also a spot that I need to know this information. And I feel like I don't have, know it. And I have to reach out to district representatives to get this information when at the end of the day, it should be training, initial training to the position. Yeah, for sure. And so I think that's just one of the things that you have to kind of be clear with that like you want to know about this because sometimes like I want to know about something, but in order to learn about it, now I have to like go through the chain of command and reach out to like five people until I finally find the person who like specializes in this topic. And that's kind of the thing, like you have to work on giving yourself the knowledge and the resources to already know what's going on so that you know you and the other board members are as close to like the same level as possible no yeah i definitely think that getting over the delegitimization <laughs> getting over it is taking that step to being like well i need to learn about this i want to learn about this i think that's the big step we have to take and just standing up for ourselves and what information the knowledge that we should have so I think that's how to overcome delegitimization. Do you have any other issues that you think student board members are facing right now? One of the issues that we're also facing is communicating with students and how to do it. Um, in the beginning of the in the beginning of my term as student board member, I'm gonna be honest, like I did not know how to communicate with students and how to get a big network of students where I can kind of pick their brains and get their perspective of what's like at their individual school I didn't really know how to do that and I feel like if I knew how to present like surveys if I knew that student board members even give out surveys on the district and like what's going on what needs changing or have a student advisory committee in the beginning of the semester if I knew that I would have already had those up and running and sent it out the first week of school but I didn't know that so 
I think a lot of student board members are being faced with the issue of not being able to communicate with their students and whether that's the students not responding or the student board members not knowing how to reach them, I think it's a really big issue because at the end of the day, we're only one person. I only go to one high school. I don't go to all of them. So I don't know what it's like to really go to all these other schools. So having a student advisory committee that I created was definitely very beneficial to me because I get a perspective on what's going on in that their individual school and what they need more of and like what they need more of in their individual school side as well. So that's yeah. definitely me, but I know a lot of other student board members don't know how beneficial having a student advisory committee is or don't know how to reach out. So I think that's something that we're all working on together. I think this has been a great episode of just talking about, you know, a bunch of random stuff within the student board member thing, actually. But I, nonetheless, this conversation has been great for me. And I hope that for all of you listening, it helps you figure out more about what to do within your role as well. And so final thank you to Kalina Fowler for appearing on this episode. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and so with that, we're going to say goodbye for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>